All right, we're back. Um, real quick, uh, uh, G, the internet thinks that we missed one. Yeah, we, we inter internet th makes, uh, thinks we missed a couple. These are not it. Neo says Steve Kerr. Sorry, bro. Stop it. Not <laughs> on the list. Steve uh, Wayne Wayne says Bruce Bowen. Stop, bro. No. We, not, wow. we can't get to that. They reach it. Uh, <laughs> reach. Um, Ron Hampton may have got it. Um, Ron says Kyle Corver. Oh, stop. Give me no. a break. Kyle Corver. Stop. Listen, I Kyle Corver, by 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 volume, Kyle Corver been shooting threes. That's a fact. Since he played for the Sixers when they had. So who are they taking off the list? Yeah, that's my. That's thing. the question. Like the list because is the too list good. is solid. Larry, they, they're saying Larry Bird. Yeah, you had to make some big three-point shots. Larry, I just, like Larry, I said, Larry Bird is off the I'm list. on the fence with Kyle Corver making big three-point shots. I mean, he hits a lot of them. He, I'm about to say. He, well, here's the thing. When all it the time. in the playoffs. Did you ever see Larry Bird play live, you no. young pup? No. And see, I imagine that Wayne or whoever that was with that nonsense. Probably never saw Larry Bird live either. Does it? Does it? Go ask Magic Johnson if he took <laughs> yeah. Larry Bird or Kyle. Oh, Ford. Overall <laughs> players. Yeah, overall players. Great. That's fine. Overall. No, right? Jersey. We're talking shooters. Even. But but here's the thing. I don't. That's insulting. We that can, you would even say overall. We can, we can. Kyle Corver couldn't hold the words. Doesn't he later. have like the the career percentage? Yes. Made yeah. Yeah. That's why. That's why oh, people uh, think he needs to be on the list. And, and, so here's the thing. Here's the problem with these guys now. Yeah. The old dudes, they want to sneak an 80s dude in oh, every list. Yeah, yeah. Jordan is the best. Got Magic's it. the best passer. Bull. Larry Bird's an the best 80s shooter. Dude now is an old dude. <laughs> he's, not, he's not wrong with you right now. You're not wrong, but you just wait. You just wait until you become the old man. I'm 40. You're not that young. I, and I, I saw him Jordan was a 90s dude. What no, 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 about? no. Jordan started playing in 85. That's yeah, midway through you, the decade. But, but Bird Man. Magic are 80s. If your shorts 90s. were short, yeah, you 80 game. Yeah. 80s, baby. Yeah. But, but by the way, Steph Curry, it, it, it's it's like Steph Curry and then everybody. Well, that's, that's what's funny is, name a top five list in sports where there's no argument who's number one. None. Right. Every Zero. argument you can come up with, there's quarterback, a debate. Quarterback in the NFL history. Okay, you're right. You got me. <laughs> so it's Brady and Curry. Wait a minute. But Cor cornerback in NFL oh, history. Corner in history. Both. Oh. Both. 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 No, Quarter well, and corner. Deion. Deion. It's Deion and it's everybody else. It's, 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 right. It's Tom Brady and then it's everybody else. He's killing the game. His yeah. rebuttal listen, game is listen, on a hundred. I'm twenty. I'm off for the corner game. He's going to get us. I'm only Daryl Green. Twenty-eight years old, but you know, y'all, y'all young. Yeah, Daryl Green. You don't remember Daryl Green? Daryl Green when he was forty was running like a four. Yeah, that dude could jet yeah. and was a great corner. Yeah, right. wasn't flashy. I, I agree like with the, that. I get okay, that. um, right seeing to, red, right to seeing red. So let's explain <laughs> what this is. Bull, what is seeing red? I'm very I, yeah, people that know me know I tend to get angry about things. Really? Things that fire I'm, me up. I want to see if you get red. Yeah, well, I don't know that I'll actually turn red. I don't want to have a heart attack here, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. Before about you start it, I yeah. don't want you to go and do your rant. I want yeah. you to explain a little bit about what it is. Like What, what it is is when I get ticked off, I yeah. start yelling and screaming and acting like a lunatic. So it's, a, it's essentially an Adam rant. Yeah. I mean, His it, face might get red. You know, right? A bull, uh, and this an is, actual bull sees red, he goes bananas. Yeah. So and I here it is red, now, without further ado, our yeah. very first seeing red. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We got a lot of idiots in Cleveland and everywhere, not, not just in Cleveland. But uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's a handful of people that every year start this nonsense about how Terry Francona is overrated or a manager doesn't matter. These people have once again proven to be absolute morons. Terry Francona is one of, if not the best manager in baseball and has been for decades. He started his career in Philadelphia as a manager. He was okay there. 
But since going to Boston, this guy has probably, in my opinion, been the best manager in the game. And in Cleveland, he's been phenomenal. Now, ultimately, they failed to win the World Series in 2016. And you could put some of the blame on him for that. There's no doubt about it. But Joe Madden, who won the World Series, he made a bunch of mistakes in that World Series and ended up getting lucky. The Guardians have had a lousy payroll. They've had, in the last couple of years, not a particularly good roster. And yet, every year, they stay in it. Last night, we saw yet another example of why Terry Francona is so important to this team. Because the interim manager decided he was going to bring in his closer, Emmanuel Classe, Mm. in the ninth inning when his team is already losing. I hate when managers do this. The only time Francona really ever does that is if it's been a long time since his closer's pitched. You don't want them to go forever without getting some work. That I get. And especially early in the season, you want to get guys loose. So he did pitch Class A once in April when he hadn't pitched in a while. It's early in the season. I get it. But now we're far enough into the season that I'm not just throwing him out there to throw him out there. You're playing the worst team in baseball. Mm. The worst team. The Cincinnati Reds. And you're bringing in your closer when you're losing? That's a wasted appearance. He, Whether you like it or not, the pitchers today have a different mindset. And the closers... Don't like coming in when the team's losing. They often don't pitch well, especially inexperienced closers like Classe, who's only been a closer for about a year. He's got a lot of talent. I know Jay doesn't love him. I like him more than Jay does, but he's got a lot of talent. But you don't bring him in and he's losing. You're losing to the Reds by one run. What is the point of using him here? And then, of course, he's not at his best, and he gives up a run. And then you tie the game up. With a two-run homer, big time by Owen Miller. He comes through, ties the game. Then you go to extra innings. Nick Sandler can't throw the ball off the freaking plate. He walks three guys in a row, and you don't take him out. Now, okay, in fairness, after that, he did bounce back. But just because it worked out in the end after you gave up a run doesn't mean you did the right thing. Francona would not have handled it that well. I can't. If, if you've got to walk three straight freaking batters and walk in a run like it's my Little League team, I can't have you out there in a big spot. How he left him in, again, he got lucky and they didn't give up any more runs. He did bounce back. But you can't do that. And I think they showed inexperience in the manager department. And, and, and that's, I, I got a huge problem with that. And, it, and, and that shows you once again. I don't care what the – I love analytics. I believe in analytics and the use of them. But sometimes it gets overstated how they try to downplay the manager's importance. And anybody that plays baseball, anybody that played baseball at a high, even at, even in high school level, little league level, you know how important the manager is. And a, a, a good manager makes a huge difference. Terry Francona does. And I think if he's the manager, they win last night. I agree with your premise. Your overall premise is that the manager does make a difference. Yeah. I hate in baseball that the system now yeah. has deprioritized the manager. That's because analytics yes. have taken over the game. Mm. Yes. And most franchises, look at the A's. They, they have thought this way forever. Yeah. Look where they are, by the way. Hmm. Most franchises, the more they go into analytics, they believe that the manager at that point is just pulling levers. That the numbers are telling you to pull. Yeah. By the way, I Wrong. hate that. There's got to be a gut reaction. There's there got to be, be that human element. And that's why you're right. Terry is the best manager in the game. Terry makes a, more of a difference because he's good than all of these other managers that are just going by the book. Right. The book says here. 
I will, I will counterpoint some of the points, the individual points you made. So why on earth would they bring Klasse in? It wasn't just to get him work. It was because they were playing the worst team in baseball, the Reds, and it was because they knew that they could get to the top of the order in the bottom of the inning and perhaps win. So the strategy there was, let's go to Class A to keep it a one-run game. As a rule, I hate that. I don't like it. In they, fact, you mentioned most relievers don't like coming in if they don't have the lead. Most relievers don't, don't like coming in a tie yeah, game right, either, they don't. particularly closers. Yes. It's done more than you would think, but they don't like doing it, and they're creatures of habit. When they run out of that bullpen, typically – it's an all-or-nothing mentality. I got to get three outs to get the win, to yeah. get the save, but for the team to get the win. So the thinking was, let's hold it to a one-run game. Let's get the top of our order up and see if we can push two runs across. If Classe had done his job, that move would have looked like an all-time genius move. Now listen, I know, what, I, I know what you're going right, to say. Yeah, go ahead. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I, I was saying at the time, wow, why are they going with Class A here? Yeah. But as I started thinking it through, I was saying to keep it a one-run game. So if he does his job, which against the Reds, he should be three up, three down in the ninth. Let's hit. Yeah. Let's get two and let's go home. He doesn't do his job. To, to your point that I don't like him as much as you do, Yeah. I love that a guy can throw 100, but not if it's 100 and it's straight every time. He doesn't use his slider effectively enough. Right. And his fastball has little to no movement on it. Guys are going to crush 100 all yeah. day long because they can do it. They see it I, now he, more yes, than they he, did before. But he's still a very young pitcher. I get he that. Hasn't, he, but you know, he missed the whole season with his suspension. I know. And I, I, I don't want to make it seem like I don't pitcher. like him, by the way. Yeah. I do like him. I don't like him as much as you do. Right. There's just so few reliable closers. I think he's pretty good. Right. I agree. Wait a minute. But yeah. how about putting him in there and seeing what he does. So you don't know what you have on your roster until you put somebody in the situation. Well, we know what we, we know what he is. We've I, seen him yeah, enough. So we I, know what yeah. he is. I just don't want to, I don't, if I have other guys in the, like, I know in that situation, unless I score two, which they did, but most of the time you're not going to score no, two. No, I know most of the then time. Then I'm going to need another reliever and anyway. So we, put that guy first. We have the benefit of the results when right. we have this conversation. Right, but I was saying so, it beforehand. What, yeah, and but, I was yeah, too. Yeah. I, I was second guessing it. Yeah. I'm like, why is he doing it? And yeah. then in the moment I'm saying, oh, I get it. He wants to keep it a one-run game. What I'll, what I'll say is if Classe comes in and goes one, two, three, and the Guardians hit, and Owen Miller still hits that two-run homer, that's a walk-off. And you know what we're talking about right now? Yeah. <laughs> Unconventional, but right. crazy like a fox. But if, if you don't trust Sandlin and some of these other guys who have pitched well out of the pen generally right. to be able to hold the Reds to zero in the ninth, then where are you going anyway? I know. And yeah. to your Sandlin point, if you're close and late, and you're a reliever, and you Ugh. walk two guys on nine pitches, Goodbye. you don't get the third no, batter. You're right. Yeah, so I was, I I was that. furious that, right. he, that he had two walks that. in a row, but when they left him in with the bases loaded, yeah. I said, well, what in. do you think he's going to do now? Yeah. And so, again, we have the benefit of the results, but in real time, you and I were texting back and forth, right. and we were going crazy. I know, so Why angry. is he in the game now? So that was the bigger uh. problem that I had. Ramirez, uh, I thought he was going to hit a home run. We have breaking so news on Ohio oh, we State. Uh, we Mikey, do have we breaking know? news from Ohio State. Just into the inbox. Just in. Contract extension for Ryan Day. He will now be paid $9.5 million oh, wow. annually, up from 7.6. The contract runs through the 2028 football season. On top of that, Chris Holtman, who was on the show Monday, 
also has gotten a three-year contract wow. extension to the 2027-2028 season. He receives a salary increase of half a million dollars, so he goes from uh, <laughs> one million per year to three point. Uh, excuse me, total compensation of three point five million with a base salary wow. of one million. So major contract extensions for the Buckeyes. Guys, I'm dishing so, out that money. I mean, Bucks. I don't know how Ryan Day's family was going to survive on seven and a half million a year. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad he got the nine and a half. Well, I, I would have done it, and I think he's no, worth I'm every kidding. penny of it. I'm kidding. I mean, yeah, does, that, he, he, does anybody think otherwise? No, nah, he, he, he deserves Buckeye? it. I'm about to say, uh, uh, Ryan Day is probably <laughs> one, of the, one of the best coaches in yeah. college football. He, and by the way, he got that money because he can recruit his tail off. And he's got a good-looking yeah, beard. Yeah, sure. yes. Ryan Day deserves that money for many other reasons outside of even just being a football coach. That man really genuinely cares about his players. He, Tell us he about truly that. puts yeah. them in positions. Urban Meyer started Real Life Wednesdays. It was a thing that they brought to the program. So if you don't make it to the NFL, he's going to bring a job fair. He's going to prepare you to go do interviews and stuff like that. Ryan Day continues to keep that going on so kids will have success post-football career. He doesn't talk and he lives it. He, yeah, he lives it. Then on top of that, he's dealing with, you know, you had the one kid with the, had the suicide thoughts. He had to retire. He's there for him. That, he's like a father figure to him. There's so much that goes on at Ohio State off the field, and he's the first person that they call because they trust him. They believe that he's going to get things done Good, for them. I love to and hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I love to hear genuine. that. Like I said, I've never played for Ryan Day. Not a snap, but every time I go to the Woody and talk to him, he treats me like I'm one of his players. We sit there, talk, laugh. He's a really good guy. I love to hear that because we've talked on this program already and will continue to in the future how the system – yesterday, Maurice Claret was in your chair for an hour and a half. Yeah. And the, the general takeaway is – the system uses all of the moving parts. Mm -hmm. We talked about how it used uh, uh, the uh, trestle as the head coach. Right. So it's not just yeah. players. Yeah. You know, when your usefulness is done, you're gone, mm -hmm. and they don't think about you anymore. So I love that our university that yep. we cheer for has a guy in position that isn't just talking that talk, but he's walking he's walking it too. Yeah, absolutely. It felt like from an outside perspective that Urban Meyer didn't care about his players. No, no, that's a lie. That's okay, a lie. Okay, tell Ur Urban, straighten us Urban out. Urban definitely, that's one thing I will, yeah. I'm going to tell the world. It is a misconception. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I, I will say, that. no, yeah. I will say this. Urban 100% puts you in position to succeed, whether it's football or post athlete because he definitely made us come up with 10-year, five-year plans, 10-year plans. I still got mine on my phone. He made <laughs> us do job fairs. Really? Yes, made us put suits on, even buy you the suit. Get you the suit, shirt, and tie. You got to come Wait, up. Well, that, well, hold on. That's that's that never happened. You know, the, right? the, the university. You know, oh, okay. you know the university. You, you get that back. You, you got to get that back, bro. Me, yeah, university. Yeah. Let me take that back. Anyway, get, <laughs> you, the no suit, get you the suit and tie. Make sure that <laughs> no you problems. are. Make sure you go into class. It was a kid on our team by the name of. Uh, we called him JC guy, but his name was Corey Smith came from a bad a bad environment We called him JC guy because he came from a junior college. Oh, okay. right So, you know when you go to He's a junior JC college, guy, right? Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's bad things that come with junior college players So but he, he got under urban and urban really worked with this kid because he had a lot going on like this bad area a lot of stuff that he shouldn't have been doing he, he, was into it. he got he, he did everything he could to get him straightened out. You know what happened? The kid ended up graduating from college. Now, he didn't have a career in the NFL, but he's a national champion, 
and he got a degree from the Ohio State University. And I don't think that would happen if, he if you were Urban. to, and I'm not going to ask you to do this, but if you were to text Urban right now, would he get back to you? It, you know what? That's funny. That's funny that you bring that up. Yeah, he would. See, that's how <laughs> I, I, I asked this yeah, question you, of a lot of big time athletes. I'm different because though. I've been able to I've been able to weed out the yeah. contenders from the pretenders. You're a player. Yeah, I, he, and I thought he wouldn't. I thought he wouldn't. But if I text him, he would. He would. He, would, he called. As a matter of fact, he randomly called me like well, a couple on, months ago. You I on love TV, that. You on TV now, so <laughs> you <laughs> you control his destiny. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna uh, listen. Time is like, that might be slightly true. No, listen, it's slightly true. The whole Zach was Zach Smith the coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zach yeah. Smith. That yeah. whole thing was like, yeah, I, I, that was. Urban came off bad in that. He did, thing. he did. But I think Urban fell for the he fell victim for trying to protect everybody. You know, yeah. he wanted to. Zach was his guy. He wanted to. He didn't want to put him out there in the bad light. You know, he wanted to. If anything, he said, you know what, just yeah. put it on me. I'll tell you. It's kind of what Jim Trestle did with the with, with the trust. I right, mean, with, with, the, uh, with uh, Terrell, Terrell Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. So it's interesting you said that because I talked to a player who was out of the program at that time, but not long removed from it. Yeah. And he said, here's Urban's fault. He is so loyal he to is. the people that are in his circle that he will actually, he's willing to take a hit. He will. Knowing, he knew he was going to get killed in the media for right. what he did. He didn't for a second think that that was going to be yeah. Well, well that's received. What he, that's what he's. That's what he's supposed to do. But it's true. I want but, my uh, coach it, to be loyal. It's different. A lot of people. When it's time to stand up and take that hit, yeah. people, no, listen, people are dying. Yeah. You know how many coaches have said, "Oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> throwing you to the wolves." I don't know. I didn't know any about that. But now that I know, he's gone. That's the. That's the reason. That big price tag. That's the reason you go from seven five yeah. to ten almost <laughs> because you there to take the hit. At the yeah. end of the day, these people. I remember my college coach saying, "Look, we we used to have. A, I was like, yo, I got this class I got to go to." And he's like, "Well, go to it." I'm like, "Well, that, I'm a freshman. I'm getting redshirted." He's like, "Bro, you redshirted." I'm like, "What do you mean, just go to it? That means I won't be at practice." He's like, "Listen, if you don't graduate, or if you don't play well, or if you don't go to class." My family depends on you. They say, who recruited that guy? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Who, the ineligible guy. Who recruited him or the guy who can't yeah. get to he, – when he told me that, I thought about it differently. When you get to that level, it's a business. Like, it, it, and even if you're just a college player and it's on that level, you start knowing it's a business when they start having people follow you around and be like, yeah, I want to make sure you're going to be a class yep. today. That's a, yeah. that's a fact. They do that's that. True. What do you think about the whole – I know we're getting a little off topic. We'll get back to Ohio State, but I'm just curious – your take on what happened with Urban in Jacksonville, like the whole, Ooh. were you surprised that it <laughs> no, worked, didn't no, work out? In, in no, you know, I wasn't surprised. You know, yeah. some of those stories that came out, you know, I was like, he 100% did that. Like, yeah, like, like he, that was just the type he of, he got guy. away with it in college. Yeah, but it, in college, like it was a joke. Like, like he would, he talked about the specialists all the time. Like, but, I think he meant it, it as a joke in Jacksonville right, too. But, I, but, but see, it wasn't perceived because it's a joke. grown. These is grown men You're with grown family. Grown ass men, and yeah. if you if you can't joke exactly with someone who's so I, I I when he went to Jacksonville, I said some of the methods that he did in college is is not going to translate. They're yeah. not going to go for yeah. that. Different. And I think it's one of those things that. It's a great plan. Like he got a great plan on winning. If you follow that plan, it's been proven to work. He has teams where it's obviously he's won the championship with them. The hardest part is getting behind that plan because you, all your life, especially in the NFL, if I'm an All Pro or if I'm a Pro Bowl player, what I do works. I know what I need. Sure. To do. Yeah. So you're not great. about to come in here and change that's my great. routine. No, that's a great point. That's a great so point. that's yeah. where the back and forth and push and pull comes, and that's why I said this. I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, his ego was big, rightfully so. He'd done it all on the college yeah, level, right. and he'd done it at two major programs. 
The one thing I'll say on Urban before we move on, because there's another big Ohio State football topic I want to get to. But the thing on Urban that I think is unfair is people say, well, just go look at his players at Florida and look at his players at Ohio (laughs) State and look at the guys that got in trouble. (laughs) He had over 2,000 kids between Florida and Ohio State. Yeah. You can go to any major program in the United States of America and you're going to have those kids. Notre Dame has those kids. Yeah. Kids get in trouble. A certain percentage of them are going to do things that are not tolerable. Yeah. Um, But I've talked to enough guys that have come through Urban's program mm-hmm. that speak as to him as a second father. Yeah. And and he, mo- most of them say one thing. I wouldn't be where I am today without. That's a Meyer. fact. It, and that's what they're supposed to do. When you when he presented to you, because I've, I've been on both sides. I've been in the doghouse and then I've been on Urban's good side. And and obviously me as a freshman, he was one of those. If you're not doing nothing for me, I don't really want to talk to you. Type sure. thing. You're not a, you're a red shirt. Like, what are we even talking to? What are we talking about? So being on that side, I got I, I, it was hard for me to comprehend. It's like, like, dude, like I'm, I'm trying to get my education. I'm trying to do everything right. But it's like when you get to the league, it's just like that. If you're not doing nothing in the league, oh. we cutting you like, yeah. so it's he basically giving it to you really early. And if you can handle it, when you get to the next level, in not in just the league, in life, if you're but not Ty, doing something, I'm guessing that motivated you to become. It does because yeah. you wanted because you see how he long. treats all the yeah. other players. Like right. that's his guy, man. I want to be like that. So yeah. it motivates you to get better, and you do put in the extra work. And that's work their and job. Yeah. yeah. Will he have a coach again? No. No. I don't think he will either. Or if he does, it'll be in college. He'll never coach in the NFL. No chance. You know what he's going to do? He's going to figure out what he figured out once in life, but then changed his mind. There's no easier way to make a living than being a highly paid analyst on TV in something that his homework is done. It's his life's work. Tom Brady's going to figure that out when he goes to Fox and makes more money than he's making now in the NFL. Like, he's not going to get blindsided. And and Urban told me when he was working at ESPN, we were talking about how he liked it. He goes, I'll tell you this, I'm undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and when when your job's done, it's done. You're not answering phones at three in the morning saying, wait, you did what? Yeah. Okay. It's stressful. We want to talk about divisions in the Big Ten mm. because this has been a hot topic, particularly <laughs> for fans of Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Yes. Since they've had these divisions, the East and the West. All the power is in the East. Yes. And they've got to play each other and only one of them can survive. Meantime, you got the bums in the West, mm. usually Wisconsin, skating to a, a West division title and getting that auto bid in the Big Ten championship mm. game. In 2023, that guy's is likely to go bye-bye. So with all the changes that are coming in college football, and these are kind of secondary, but the NCAA is about to make major changes. Mm-hmm. But this realignment vote is expected to pass. And then what the Big Ten championship game would be would be the top two teams yeah. overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it or hate it? Love it. I think it's the <laughs> best decision they could have made. They should have been done it. I mean, granted... The way things were last year, you probably would have had Ohio State versus the team up north back-to-back weeks. But that's good football. That's what you want. You want the best teams in your division representing the championship game. It is really no point of the Big Ten West, period. Like you said, you got Wisconsin and Iowa and Northwestern has been somebody. But I think if, if if there wasn't no segregations in them, it would literally be a, a combination of Ohio State, team up north, Ohio State, uh, Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan State. I think those are right. That's it. And to every you, year. But I think you made the point. I agree with you. I'm glad they're changing it. The old, I think the only reason they had divisions in the first place is because they didn't want Ohio State and Michigan playing twice because the game's so important. Yeah. 
But, like, I think most fans now, you're a player. You said you don't care if you play twice. No. As a fan, uh, again, I didn't fans grow up with it. that I want to see them play twice. Uh, I got no problem imagine with Imagine this year if the Big Ten championship game was, was a redo. No. Who's not going to watch that? Oh, after? and, and <laughs> it's in. indoors at, at the Colts Stadium. No no weather elements. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Actually, oh. actually they've Neutral been, field. They've yeah. been doing themselves a disservice for about 10 years because – you know, there's teams that could have been on the bubble. I Penn State was a one one loss team a few years. Michigan State one loss teams. So if you 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 go in to play Northwestern and they're ranked twentieth something, or you <laughs> you playing uh you know Iowa and they're ranked fifteenth, you need those points. You need to get that ranked win. So why not play Michigan back to back weeks and you play them and they'll be right. if you beat them one versus two, then they fall to what five? You know and what, you Gino? Still, I'm surprised it's expected to pass. Like if you're if you're Ohio <laughs> yeah. State, Michigan, or Penn State, you're like hell yeah. yes. Yeah. Right, right. But if you're all the other teams, what is in it for you? Nothing. They'll say bye bye if you don't like it. This is yeah, what but you're not going to kick all eleven. Oh, the oh, oh no, it doesn't matter either. Oh, like oh. For Rutgers, well, Rutgers and Maryland matter either way. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Like if you're a team in the West, yeah. Even Wisconsin, right? Now they're looking at it and saying. Well, our path to the Big Ten championship game just got real rocky. Yeah. Before they were like, I like our chances. But, we got to beat Iowa. This but the year. thing is, if you do make it to the game and you win out, your strength of schedule looks better. Whoa. Wait, you, you, your chances of making the CFP is like uh, there, there tremendous. Are, there, Off the charts. It's like somebody in the, it's like Mr. M, well, Mississippi State or Vanderbilt has a say in with Florida <laughs> and, 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 no, but and LSU. There's more of them than there are of the powers. Oh, but right. here's the thing. I already feel like this is going a whole another different way. The NCAA is about to be out of here. Yep. They're going to say, yeah, that's why I said it's a different give, give, give me Ohio State, give me Michigan and Penn State, Notre Dame, and they go down there and mingle with the with SEC teams. The rest of these teams might as well just get ready for it. You you, yeah. you you put the MAC teams in, Conference USA. They should have their own playoffs. And y'all go do your thing. But it's yeah. going to be a, a 50, a, it may be 25 to 50 teams that's legitimate top power five like, schools. Kind of like the NFL. Yes. I mean, you got 32 teams right. and you know, 10 of them, 10, 10 of them don't have a chance. Yeah, at all. Yeah. 22 <laughs> of them. You could make a case for right. them doing something. And if they are going to keep the big 10 as a conference and not go to the super, I think they're headed that way too. But I would like to even see them cut down the regular season schedule and have a, instead of just a championship with the two best big 10 teams, have a 14 playoff in the Big Ten in those final couple of weeks before you get to the regular playoff. Wouldn't that be more Well, yeah, but now you're adding a lot to the schedule. Well, he well, said cut down, cut, he cut down yeah, 12 games. you would, but I mean. <laughs> and then you get you get two. The so team you, that wins with, with two high-quality wins at the end so of the So you're year. saying go instead of 12 games, make it 10, and then the last. Exactly. Two, well, that was – we did it in a practice show. We haven't done it on a real show yet. Yeah, but, you got to drop that. And, and I am going to drop it as we get closer to college football season. Yeah. But, Ty, my plan is to have a, a – 12-team college football playoff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And here's in the nutshell how it works. The Power Fives yep. all get the auto bid for the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are seven at-larges okay. that come from the other college football programs. Okay. The top four seeds get first-round buys. And the one seed would play the lowest remaining seed from... I five you, through twelve. I tell you what, <laughs> I do that tomorrow. And five, five through eight, we get a home game. Five through first eight, round. first round is home. The four teams that got buys would host the quarterfinals. Yeah. And then, like we have now, the semifinals would be at predetermined sites. Yeah, Championship yeah, game yeah, also at a predetermined site. I think that'll be. I think that'll be okay. 
I, I could see that working out. I think it would. Right now, we get three playoff it, games. It this would, system would give us nine. It would create some excitement because no what if one of those low-ranked teams actually does win? Just ha- so right. happen to have the right recipe to knock one of right. them. Right. People are really tuning into that. Absolutely. So it, it, would, I, it would be interesting. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah. It would, and it would generate. It triple the it, revenue. It gives yeah. people a chance. It gives those low-ranked teams a chance to go against these big dogs and sure. be like, let's see if you are good enough. And as you mentioned briefly when we talked about this, the college football, the best teams disappear for like a month. Yeah. Or more. It's You lose the momentum. I Talk about like. that, Ty. When I you think... won the national championship game, after the Big Ten championship game, you guys went into uh, mothballs yeah. for over four, almost four but weeks. But you know, that's not bad, though. No, you get that you Because you need your body to recover. Right. Going but through if you 12 play less game, regular season games. You're still going to need some recovery yeah. time. Like that. Well, but how about two or three weeks instead of like six weeks? Oh, that's fine. Right. Yeah, that's fine. I it mean, depends on the injury. What are you guys doing during that time period? Are you just chilling so, or you got practice? So when you go bowl games, so you got the bowl games. So when we played Alabama in the, in the Sugar Bowl, we had, what, like a month or something Yeah, like it was that. a long time. So yeah, finals you, in Yeah, there. You, you get finals. So you come in. The, it, it's three phases. Coach Meyer breaks it up into three phases. The first phase is a fun phase. We was in there playing like like speed ball. It was like people gotcha. putting on different jerseys. Right. It, was, it was just fun. Like we weren't really focused on Alabama. Two, you rap, you, you speed it up a little bit. You start introducing people to what Alabama's going to do. Okay. You know, you start putting out, all right, that's the formation. We're going to game plan this, blah, blah, blah. You go home for a break, Christmas break. When you come back, now you're in phase three. Now it's game time. Now we're reveling everything up. Now it's like a regular game week. Yeah, okay. fascinating. You don't um, want to be. Uh, let's stay on Ohio State football because I know you're hot on this. Man. So there's a kid <laughs> that if you're not aware of him yet, you will be soon. He's an eighth grader, guys, from Georgia. Now let me read his stats. He's 6'3". He's 190 pounds. His name is Tyler Atkinson. This, look at his training this methods. He's an eighth grader. He is in the eighth uh, grade. What? He has received full scholarship offers from Ole Miss, LSU, Ohio State, and others. Ty, is this ridiculous or is this genius? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like it, it really is, because it's it's a bunch of guys that I had in the eighth grade that was that I looked at and was like, oh yeah, they definitely D one. But it doesn't pan out when you get the problem is a lot of these times. Some people have athletic advantages. You know, the bodies developed sooner. Yeah. Um, maybe their parents was a former player and they didn't gave them some, some recipes. The difference is, is when you get older and you go through high school and you get to go against other people, people catch up. They all come They up all catch up. If yeah. you're not working on your game, they're going to catch you in skill. So I don't, it, it doesn't make sense to offer a kid in the eighth grade because you don't know he might not be a thing when he yeah. becomes a senior, but he's going to say, you know what? I'm verbally committing to Ohio State, well, and I got to go now. I went to his Twitter page, and it's it's ridiculous, yeah. his Twitter look page. Look at him. He doesn't look like it's an eighth grader. He no, doesn't. He he does. Does. He's he big. Like he's in high school. He's big, for sure. But, but to your point, yeah, I think it's – you know what bothers me about it? Not even the fact that – obviously, you're right, that people will catch up, and maybe it's too easy for him so he doesn't work hard. Yeah. I think it's creepy that, like, recruiters are looking at – Kids in the eighth grade. That's that, where we that's are, though. That's, that's, really I'm about sad. to say recruiting is a whole different yeah, game. Yeah, right. that, there's yeah, a lot of creepy things that yeah, go on yeah, in recruiting. Like that. He, uh, this right here remind me. It's like my nephew. He like uh, uh, he'll see something like this and say, you know what? Um, when I, you? I gotta, we gotta get the video. G Bush is deep in uh, his listen, phone right yeah, now. What's I, going I, on? I, I had to, I had to look at the guy. Ohio State got so many people that transfer. Like I said, whoa. We came out of nowhere with that. This is this is this. I couldn't even remember his name because he didn't play. You got to think about it like this. Tate Martell was recruited when he was like, what? Oh, seven, yeah, yeah. eight yeah. years old. It's ridiculous. This man went from Ohio State. Eight. Then he transferred to Miami. Yeah. Then after he, tra- he couldn't play there. Mm-hmm. Then he went to UNLV. UNLV yeah. 
Couldn't play there. No. And now he's just retired. He's no, I think, he, I think he's making a comeback. He, he's coming. He, well, if he is, it's recent. Retire, because I just, saw, I just saw like a month ago where he said, he's, yeah. I'm out. He did again? Yes. So, oh, so, so here's the thing. <laughs> this dude was getting recruited by everybody. They like He couldn't get on the field nowhere. That's what happens when they be like, oh, you the greatest thing moving. Yeah, you pumping, pumping their head up too early. They thinking they that good. They don't think they have to work no more. It's like I got I got the offer. Like Yeah, I don't know how he's gonna approach it, whether or not he's gonna work hard or not. You can't really tell a lot of, about a kid looking at his Twitter page. It's you know, a lot of I'm blessed to thank 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 goodness for the full offer I got from Ole Miss. He's definitely out there on social. He's putting out there what what what's happening in his life. But you're right. Will he be motivated as a ninth grader, as a tenth grader, when everybody else is starting to and catch up and become men? They put the bulls eye on him. Yeah, yeah definitely. I tell you what, my high school coach, that kid right there going to Ohio State. You go out there and you bust him, you going to Ohio State. No, that's true. Yeah, you do, he does have the bullseye now. Well, it looks like he's going to get some NIL money. He'll get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if George is one of the nine states that have already approved it, but if yeah, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got some Cavs talk because last night was the draft lottery. As expected, the Cavs landed in that 14 slot. I think that was they had like a 97% chance of landing there. Uh, who might they be looking at? We're going to talk to a Cavs insider who was in Chicago for the uh, draft lottery last night. He's going to join us on the other side of the break. Stay with us. The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is coming right back. All right, we're back on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, um, and we're going to turn the page to the Cleveland Cavaliers now because last night in the draft lottery, they yeah. landed where we thought they would, 14th pick. Mm. Nothing to get excited about because, yes. Trade the pick. There are <laughs> guys. Go. There you are go. Guys, yeah, I know you want to trade go. it. There are guys. There are, Bradley Beal. You listen, gave me a Bradley Beal trade today. There are values that have been found 14 yeah. and later in the draft, and the yeah. Cavs have done pretty good in the draft recently, but we're going to bring in Evan Dremel right now. He covers the Cavaliers for Locked On. Cavs um, and does a great job too, by the way. He's really plugged in on the Cavs. If you're a Cavs fan, you definitely should pay attention to what this guy does on lockdown. Evan, great to be with you. Um, so 14 doesn't excite anybody, but you got to make the pick unless you're going to trade it. I know you've been looking at possible mocks and players they might be interested in. Give us a couple of names that we can start thinking about who the Cavs might have on their early radar. So it's two schools of thought, really, when it comes to the Cavs and drafting. Do you want to draft a guy who can make an immediate impact, or is this a guy you want to stash the back end of your rotation, maybe keep him on your bench, let him develop, let him marinate, let him grow? So it's those two schools of thought. So you could look at Ohio State. You have EJ Liddell, who could be more of an immediate impact player. You have Malachi Brandom, who could be more one of those upside players as well because – he has the potential to be a, like a plus-plus shooter long-term, too. And then you could say the same thing about Dyson Daniels, too, if you want to look at the development aspect or maybe even LSU's Terry Eason. There's a lot of options for Cleveland at 14. I heard you guys talking about trading the pick as well. I think that's definitely something the Cavs should consider, too, because let's be frank, they were a win away from making the playoffs. They unfortunately lost to Brooklyn and Atlanta, and they, they got a consolation prize so they could – maybe grab one of these high upside kids and trade them into maybe a bigger star or somebody who can just complement this roster and round things out for them so that they can just make that push into being a playoff team instead of having to kind of do the song and dance in the play tournament. Evan, that's what they got to do. I mean, let's be honest. Are we, are we, are we trying to win a championship or are we just trying to be the Indiana Pacers for the next 10 years? 
and hang around the eight spot. The Cavs have to be aggressive. Dan Gilbert, I've criticized him at times because he meddles too much, but he's done a better job of not doing that recently. And But now he's always been aggressive. And the Cavs have three awesome players, three guys who are all-stars or borderline all-stars who are going to get better, especially Mobley and Garland, especially Mobley, because once his offensive game develops, forget it. They need to use this pick and Colin Sexton and whoever to get a fourth excellent player, all-star player. Now, maybe that's not possible. You tell us what you think, Evan. But that's what they, in my opinion, they should do. A veteran, not too old, but a veteran player who's an all-star or borderline all-star player. We were talking Bradley Beal before. Yep. We were talking well, DeJounte Murray, who I love. <laughs> You know, let's go get one. I mean, again, maybe it's not possible. Maybe I'm crazy to think they could get him without trading one of the big three because I'm not trading one of the big three in it for anything. But if I can get one of those two guys or somebody of that ilk by trading Sexton and draft, I don't care if give him 32 draft picks. Let's go. I want to win. Well, I don't think 32 draft picks would be realistic, obviously. <laughs> but likes to I think you yes. are in the right. I think you're in the right school of thought. You do have a. It's weird to say big three, but three untouchable players in Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. How do you build around those three? And I think the task is on the Cavs to figure that out because, let's be frank, no one expected a lot from this Cavs team heading into this season, and they really caught everybody by surprise, but they're going to surprise no one next year. So they have to really be prepared and not be too afraid of how big the moment is. But I think Brad Beal might be a little bit just unrealistic as a target for Cleveland just because it's been well reported. He wants to sign a Supermax extension with Washington, which would pay him about 35% of their salary cap off the top of my head, which is a tough pill to swallow. And I think if you're the Cavs, maybe you shy away from that if you're just not able to financially accommodate a guy who may not want to be there long term. But DeJounte Murray does make a lot of sense, I think. Oh, he him being close to Darius Garland <laughs> helps a lot too. Him having them both having the same agency. Yeah, but helps Evan, what do they well, have to give up to get him? It had to be fourteen. It had to be a combination of fourteen Sexton, probably a Coro as well, and then maybe a future first, and then maybe another future first on top of that. It depends on how San Antonio values him because. Dejounte Murray is an all-star caliber guard, and he's kind of the best player on the Spurs right now, but they're in a weird spot where they're kind of good, but they're kind of bad, but maybe they should lean towards being bad because they have so many just young players and they need to develop, but they're they're in flux, and I think Murray makes a lot of sense for this Cavs team just in terms of pairing him with Garland as just a backward partner long-term, but... Again, like I said at the top, if you're Cleveland, you have to consider all options because also bringing in a rookie is cheap, cost-controlled talent, too, that you can kind of keep on the payroll long-term and not worry about straining yourself financially now and then possibly two or three years from now as well because Garland has to get paid, Mobley has to get paid. So many players are going to have to get paid in the next few years and well, you only have so much money off, to go though, around. Yeah, love money coming out, and if you traded Sexton, his money would come out. I don't know. I, I think you play to win. The draft picks a question. I, I don't disagree with playing the win. It's yeah. just I think because the expectations were so low going in to this season, and now that there's maybe a little bit of an onus on this Cavs team to kind of build something out of this, you have to consider all your options and weigh everything. And I think the Cavs are historically an aggressive team in terms of trades and just making acquisitions. Kobe Altman. I believe, like, leads the league and trades leading up to the NBA trade deadline. But I think you maybe make a cautious and a methodical approach. And you see how this draft pans out, too, because 
I'm in Chicago at the combines today. They're doing measurements and everything else. I think there's going to be teams who fall in love with players during the interview process, the pre-workout process, and there's going to be some. There's going to be a guy who falls, and if it's a guy who the Cavs just cannot pass up on, I don't see why you wouldn't try consider taking him, and then possibly even using him as a trade chip long term as well too, because guys can get frustrated about their situation as well. Things can change a lot between now and later this summer so there's a lot of different things in flux here and it's a fluid situation overall so it's just it's an interesting time for the Cavs and I think like I said just building around that big three is just your big goal this offseason and then you move forward from there Evan who is your top three like prospects in this draft and the reason that I ask is is it possible that the Cavs can put a, a trade package together to trade up in this draft and get that person I don't think if you want to say like Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banchero, Jabari Smith, even Shaden Sharp from Kentucky, even though he didn't play for them this year, I don't think those guys are obtainable because if you're looking at teams like Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, who made a surprising jump as well, and Orlando, like there's a reason why they're picking at the top of the draft. They need to get this top-end talent. And I think if you're Cleveland offering anyone outside of Mobley, Garland, and Allen, it's not going to entice a lot of teams to jump. But if you stick at 14 or in that range, I think Dyson Daniels from the G League night makes a lot of sense because he's a 6'8 guard. He actually grew two inches since the G League season ended, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, Malachi Random, like I mentioned, EJ Liddell makes a lot of sense to Terry Eason. There's a lot of guys here, but I just don't think the Cavs really have the ammo and assets to go up and get one of those top players because you don't really want to hamstring yourself asset-wise if you want to go all in and maybe make another big trade to acquire a player that is more all-star caliber and maybe doesn't need more time to season. You know, there's a name that I've been following for a while. Um, Imani Bates played at Memphis. Is he in this draft? Um, and if so, um, you know, he's two, three times player of the year. I think he, he won the player of the year as a sophomore. Um, was going to go to Michigan State, decommitted, uh, went to Memphis, did not work out correct well in his first year. Is he going to is he going to be in his draft? And if so, where do you think he goes? Uh, no, he's not draft eligible this year just because of age and high school rules. He'll be draft eligible next year. And I think just because of his potential, he, despite him not panning out at Memphis, I think he's in the transfer portal right now. So looking at his options there, um, he's going to be more of a top talent in next year's draft. Evan, before we let you go, I know this is ridiculous because when you're talking about the 14th pick, you have no idea what's going to happen in the first mm -hmm. 13. But we do these ridiculous exercises because we fill two hours every day. <laughs> so we're going to ask you to play along. <laughs> if you were to do a mock right now and no trades happen, who is left at 14 in your mock draft and who would you select? Have you gone that far with this yet? I haven't gone that far yet because you want to hear maybe who teams are talking to player-wise. Interviews open up tomorrow with a lot of these prospects, so that's going to be the top question is, okay, which teams have you chatted with? But in all honesty, I think it's a name I haven't mentioned, but I know a lot of teams like him. But if Jeremy Sochin from Baylor falls to Cleveland, I think that's a player they could strongly consider. But I think Malachi Branham is a guy that, Folks should keep an eye on. He's a local prospect, played for St. Mary. He played at Ohio State, so it just makes a lot of sense here. And I think he can play meaningful minutes right away. 
but his potential two, three years from now makes him even more enticing for Cleveland because he's a long-term piece. It also opens up a lot of options, too, because you could trade Sexton, you could trade Karis LeVert, you could trade future picks to maybe go make a bigger win-now move, all while you have a guy waiting in the wings who could be a huge scoring punch for you long-term as well. I think we'd all like that. I mean, could, would any of you guys have problems with if that? If they stay at 14, sure. I mean, if they I stay there. I got no problem. With I just don't think he's going to I just don't think he's going to be there. I think he's I more like an 8 there. 9 pick. I think he's some I think he's the upside right. time. Yeah, I think yeah. he going to go yeah. to that combine and really cuz he just watching him over the course of his season this year, he's took a major leap. I mean, he had a multiple 30-point game. He's got a high upside so, for yeah, sure. He's I don't think he'll be there. I know it's it's hard to say and who knows they might move and they might not even be at 14. Evan, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Evan Dremel of Locked On Cavs does a great job covering the Cleveland Cavaliers. Follow his podcast if you're a big Cavs fan and you'll get the latest information each and every day. Evan, thanks. Good to have you on. Thanks guys. Take care. Thanks so. All right, guys, uh, time to do good bet, bad bet. Um, we didn't do it yesterday because we just kind of lost have we track have done? of time. Do, does it count to the standings? Do we have a, do we have a scoreboard? Oh, where yeah. Are we? Okay, where if are we If we don't right now? do it, the games don't count. That's the big right. issue. So well, wait, how did I how did I go oh. down to seven and seven? <laughs> oh. You went one and two yesterday. Or oh. two days ago. Two days ago, excuse me. Oh, oh. Like, who's there for? oh yeah, we didn't check it yesterday. <laughs> we didn't That's check right. it yesterday, but and I never checked to see how I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I always wait until the show. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking even. Uh, look at you, sixty seven. I mean, so I pick three games. That's not though. the point. Don't do that. <laughs> like yeah, but listen, well, you got to be the one Brad, to point that out, though. Yeah, well, Brad Sellers comes in here two and zero oh and one hundred percent. I go, bro, you don't have enough at bats to qualify. That's right. That's you know, right. Mike Polk is five and zero oh, for the record. Wow. Polk is five and zero. Oh? Okay, five is enough at bats to qualify. <laughs> now double digits. You so, got to be a double. All right. Yeah, um, what do we have today, Mikey? Who's our good bet, bad bet? First one, Guardians, one-and-a-half run favorites over the Reds. It's Quantrill versus Tyler Maley. I, I took good. We're good betting. We're all good. Yeah, and, and, and I think partly because it's the Reds and partly because they lost. They, they lost last night in such a horrible fashion. Exactly. I do like Tyler Malley. I think he's a pretty good pitcher for Cincinnati. They don't have a lot of good players. Yeah, what did you uh, say yesterday about the Reds pitcher? I said he's a fraud. Yeah, he pitched well. He pitched really well. Hey, he's about to say really well. He's still a fraud. He's listening, he's listening to the show. He's better. He's better. I got to school him up and let him know he's a fraud. All right. Go ahead. When the season plays out, you'll see he's a fraud, but he did pitch well yesterday. Yeah, and he's pitched well all season. What I do you got? Credit. He's got more wins than both Little League team right now, though, so that's, that's well, tough. If you have yeah. one I'm on win, the hot seat, dude. <laughs> yeah, I got a game tonight. Both I'm team on the hot is 0-3, and if, if he doesn't win, I'm starting to hear whispers. We're, we're, only, we're the only winless team in the minor league oh, division. Y'all going to the playoffs. Oh, we already did. Two a day. <laughs> he's doing two, bull, Wait, doing two a days, three games. I love the, the fact that he's checking the standings. I checked the standings last night. We're 0-3. Got a big game tonight. We got to get off the schneid. How, what's the team? How, how's, what's the, the team we're playing is 1-2. and two. Okay. It's so my, buddy it's my buddy who's the coach. My buddy who's the coach. Do we have a line on a this? I'm going to set the line right now. Bull, what's the name of your team again? Rustic. Rustic won two run underdogs against Ooh. Team X. I'm, I'm, taking, that. Taking, I'm taking that. Yeah. I'm we, taking first that. of all, we've lost by one two of the three games. See? <laughs> last it's a great game, line. And last game, I was without two of my four best players. We're both sick. They didn't play. And, and you said still, last game you found a pitcher. We found a pitcher. Kid out of the bullpen. He looks like this kid is awesome. He's the most happy go lucky kid. He looks like he should be one of the. He looks like one of the characters from the Bad News Bears. He looks like a kid from the 70s. Does He's that make you Walter hair. Matthau? I guess so. Buttermaker. I got to get hammered, pass out on the. I got to find a 12 year old girl to pitch for us. <laughs> All right. What's the second real yeah. game in our good bet? Second bad bet? real game tonight NBA playoffs, Western Conference finals tip off. The Mavs plus five 
on the road at Golden State. What do you guys think? Bad. No, that's bad. I, I'm not taking. I that. bad too. Guys. Yeah. Wait, wait, we're all the same then. Look at that. <laughs> oh man. Are and guess what? Me? And we do not look at y'all. Y'all looked at my percentage. And y'all trying to be? No, like we don't me. know your picks. I'm hoping <laughs> the Mavs could win this series. I can't stand the Warriors. I'm sick yeah. of the Warriors. I want the Mavs to win. But we saw it kind of with Boston last night, right? These teams that pull pull out these seventh games, yeah. it's always hard to win that first game. Game one is yeah. a nightmare Especially for on the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Yep, it is. it is. It's a big ask. All right, our third game in good bet, bad bet. You guys must have cheated again because wait till you see this. But over <laughs> three and a half three-pointers for Steph Curry tonight. Y'all are hilarious. I mean, who's going to bet against that? Wait, we're all, I know, but we're all th- – it's this stinks because yeah. there's Somebody, no separation. I know. Somebody – y'all, you know what? You know what I'll do? I'll switch my math. I'm taking the maths just so Whoa. I can be different. Okay. I'm okay. Be, just so I can be officially. Put them in. So one for Divas. How are you going to bet against Steph Curry? Yeah, I'm not. Getting four three-pointers. I know. He can do that in a quarter <laughs> if he decides to. Bang! Yeah. All right, good bet, bad bet. We got one last thing. No quick. one. This is a little oh, tiebreaker. We're looking for a sponsor breaker. for good bet, uh, bad Steve, bet. take 71 real quick. I don't know if you guys saw this tweet yesterday, but the I Guardians do. tweeted oh, that if they get 10,000 retweets by 530 today. They were way behind, though. Oh, I, I know that. And this is not about them. This is about us. <laughs> oh. So we quote tweeted this tweet and said if we get to 5,000 YouTube subscribers and 7,500 Twitter followers, we'll dump a can of chili on Anthony's head. On air on Friday. Wow. Is he okay with that? Yes, he actually All volunteered. Right. Anthony getting rolled oh, on it. Where, so, where are we at? Close. So we need everybody out there. <laughs> what are the to numbers? Subscribe, uh, <laughs> live count on YouTube. We're at like 4,900 something. So okay, right, there. right there. So we're and within on Twitter, we need about 400 followers. So not crazy far off. We got to all push it. Spread the, the word. Yeah, today. spread yeah. the word. We so, will dump chili on Anthony's head live. Why don't we up the game and just say that Bull will take a bowl of chili? Oh, I'm not taking that. a bowl of chili. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. No chance. Yeah. See, I learned a long time ago from some other idiots in this business. Yeah, not to do that. Never pro- never say you're going to do anything on the air that you would never want to do. See, yeah. listen. I yeah, it's a bowl I, of chili. Hey, it's, a bowl a, of it's part of the weight loss challenge. That's not good hey, for Wait, how is the weight loss challenge going yes. through 24 I mean, hours? It's been, yeah. So it, far, it, for me, I haven't had anything to eat today. Uh, you nothing? Know, me I've either. had nothing to eat me since either. 6.45 last night. Nothing. That's I think, good. I think I'm about right where he at. Actually, I, I had a Red Bull. I had a Red Bull. I had a Red Bull in a, a Slim Jim. It worked you out. Know, for you me. guys are already looking slimmer. <laughs> <laughs> I had. I went home yesterday. I had. I had two. Uh, two grilled chicken thighs. Okay. Very okay. Good. And uh, some okay. broccoli and carrots. Okay. All right. And then uh, for a snack, I had some cherries. <coughs> okay. Which are cost a fortune right now, but I no, love cherries. Don't. Uh, and then I had uh, 18 small pretzel sticks. Hey, he had counted them, 18, right? He made, I listen, count them. Eight seven. Sticks. The first day, the hardest. Eight, six and, and a half. And then for dinner, I, with my wife made ground turkey with a little whole wheat pasta. Okay. Well, see, that's great. And that's cool. all I ate. I'm pulling drink water all day. I am so pulling. You, you both want to lose in the neighborhood of 90 to 100 yeah. pounds. It's going to take a long time to lose that weight, but yeah. yeah that's I, what y'all going to I got to do it. Yeah. I, I want to live. Ty, they have weigh-ins every week. At our I had, workout I had subway, right I had subway, by the way. I should jump on that scale. I was 215. Uh, Dude, yesterday. what are you talking about? You don't, yeah, you don't need weight. to lose anything. Yeah, I do. five pounds? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> summertime. Summertime's <laughs> come on, coming. Bulls targets 100. Ty's going Listen, for four. The summertime's coming. I want to impress the wife. <laughs> he wants to turn his four-pack into a six-pack. Oh, yeah. my God. Got yeah. Sucks to be you. <laughs> uh, I, 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 wanna, I really want to say this yesterday. Yeah. We just it got lost in the shuffle. But yeah. I'm super proud of you guys that you're doing this publicly, the hardest thing to do is to be accountable to a public weigh-in every oh, week. Yeah. Yeah. That puts pressure on you guys. No doubt. Yeah. I believe you can both get to your weight. I hope you can. 
I, hope I so hate too. to see you starve yourself. Though. No, I no, gotta win. I mean, like, no, I, I, it's the intermittent fasting. We might. Uh, I've read a lot about it. Whatever it works for you. Yeah, right? I'm about to say. Okay. Man, I, I, you know, I just been, you know, saying drinking, um, drinking uh, water sandwiches. You know, that's the best water one. sandwiches. Water sandwich. <laughs> the best way to do. It. Sounds delicious. That, no, that water definitely <laughs> water does. Hey, you throw a little bit of cardio in there, you that <laughs> weight will And I worked out. With, and it'll fall I off. said I worked out with my trainer. Shout out to Rachel. I worked out with her. We oh, do, so you got you got your trainer back in effect. She's back. Yeah. Well, oh, I, I, man. Yeah. This you better is, hit that gym. I'm telling you. Every day. It's right the there. You right might as well. I was here. doing flies. I was doing. I did like 300 crunches hey, this morning. Let me give you a tip on a snack. Yeah. I know you said you had cherries. Yeah, go ahead. Skinny pop popcorn. That is yes. really good. Yes. It's satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And they had that It'll, in the It's in a habit in my house. Where's that at? You get it. You get it at any store, grocery store, anywhere. Dude, you throw it in the microwave for three minutes. It, you it pops. Oh, the microwave. You, you ain't, I, didn't microwave do the, I didn't do the microwave. Oh, I got the bag of chips. I get the bag of, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You throw them in the microwave. They're like a dollar a bag. Okay. So it's the so like other For 10 bucks, you throw it in there, and three minutes, it's ready to go. It's hot. smells great. The whole yeah. house it smells great. It tastes good. And it takes the edge off. Yeah. So, like, to go, like, I 12 hours between Amish, meals. I get this, like, Amish popcorn that I make myself. I don't use any butter. Okay, that's great. put some salt on it. And I can't go. wait until next Tuesday. Yes. That's our that's our big. Yes. <laughs> the first weigh in is big. Yes. Because that's that's when it's you're supposed to lose the yeah, most yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah. It'll tell you. All you'll, right. You'll be motivated. For okay. Right. Uh, Mikey's got one other thing. We teased this leading up to yesterday, and then we just didn't have time with Claret. But I am going to change my Twitter handle based on the best nickname we've got so far. That'll be Friday. So we're teasing till Friday with that. Okay. So keep sending in the nickname submissions. Mikey McNugget's still the leader in the clubhouse, but we will so do the that vote live. Is tomorrow. The vote is Friday. Friday. We'll change oh, it at the, the end of the show Friday. Friday. We will change it. We have a DD in studio tomorrow for two hours oh, nice. for the people out there. We also have Leroy Horde coming on. Did I say his last name right? Leroy Horde. Leroy, yeah, got it. So we'll get their nickname suggestions, and we'll change it live on the air Friday. But please subscribe and follow because I want to dump chili on Anthony's head. I kind of want to see that. I like Anthony. He's such a likable guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's into but it. If so. I, if I would have been here Friday, I would have definitely volunteered to let y'all do it to you me. But oh, 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 I'm not here. I'm not here. We'll do it next no, Wednesday. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's already been set in some Friday. <laughs> All right, we'll let you skate. Um, Final do takes. Do, take a break. We'll take a break. <laughs> Final takes when we come right back. We can do it Wednesday. No, nope. we can party <laughs> late. It's too late. Uh, we got you. <laughs> they got a baby together and their parents are married. They yeah. Wow. It was wild. Man, we're having great conversation. <laughs> 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 the things we talk about. Oh, oh, man. But you know what? The, we're going to bring this stuff to the show, too, yeah. at some point. Well, I'll bet you did. I don't care. I mean. Yeah, I, let's hold it. You want me to hold it? Yeah. <laughs> Adam, that's not a one-minute one-off. Uh, fair fair if point. you take us down that road, that's, we're going over one o'clock. Yeah, that's a 20-minute conversation. Mikey. Yeah. Um, we got some uh, Tim Couch basketball stats real quick. Shout out. That's a Carfax. It's, it's, I'm, I'm going to quote Tyvis. So this is a Carfax check, right? Yeah, Carfax yeah, right. check, yeah. He made the claim earlier on the show that he was top 10 in scoring in Kentucky history. He oh, did wrong. say he wasn't sure anymore yeah, at the yeah. time. He's when he, wrong. Yeah. When, he, when he left the game, yeah. he was top ten. He was the best high school basketball player in the state of Kentucky his senior year, and it wasn't even close, guys. Mm. He, he rolled to Mr. Basketball. So, as of now, Tim Couch is 33rd wow. all-time on the Kentucky high school scoring list with 3,023 points. 
But he did make 954 field goals yeah. between 1991 and 1995. As, as I said, guys, he played varsity in the eighth grade. Yeah. The one caveat to that is that the three-point game has changed the, exactly. the way guys yeah. score. Yes. Yeah. And the, all the guys that have passed him since he left Shoot are extraordinary yeah. three-point shooters. Yeah. And, and that wasn't part of the game when Tim, when Tim was in high school. When Tim comes to Cleveland, let's have a three-point shootout. Me versus Tim. Oh, Done. wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I would. I would watch that. The goal has been laid down. Else, are any of you guys good at uh, shooting threes? No, we. Everybody thinks they're a good three. I'm terrible. I'm the worst ever. I mean, I play. I mean, I played play basketball in high school, um, but I ain't shot a you ball. Yet. I'm a hooper. Yeah. I, 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 I won't. I played on this high school stuff because I was not good enough. But, <laughs> but I did. Well, when I was in the sixth grade, I used to dominate. But I did play in the park in in, in Brooklyn with some good <laughs> players, and I sucked. <laughs> but but I hustled. <laughs> and I was a pretty good. Pass. Did you ever go to Rucker or no? <laughs> I went to watch guys play. I didn't yeah, play. You never touched them. But I watched those guys play. And oh. those, I, you watch those guys play. You're like those guys could be in the NBA. Every look, guy it out seems there. Like it. Every guy out those there. Those guys were so amazing. And just. But I did see Chris skills. Mullen play. I did see Chris Mullen play. Yeah. And he, uh, he came to my park in Brooklyn. I'm wow. a pretty good bowler. What's that? I'm a pretty good bowler. Your bowler. Highest game. What's your highest? Uh, two fifty-seven. Two seventy-nine. Had the 300 going until yeah. the ninth frame. Yeah. Went nine spare and struck out. You choked. A guy you G and I know. I, cho- I choked. I <laughs> choked. I did that in Columbus, by the way. <laughs> a guy I did. G I took the whole lane stop. Oh, it was in a lead. You had a chance. And, you know, one of my teammates made the mistake of going up and telling the guy that, <laughs> yeah. that collected the, go- the bowling shoes. I would, shoes cry. Not, I would that, cry. Hey, Crawford's perfect <laughs> through eight. And the, all of a sudden, you hear all the noise at the lanes. It's Quiet, and yeah. I look back, and there's 200 guys watching. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I would have cried. And I choked. Do you have your own ball? Not, I do. Yeah. So call me, call me Fred yeah. Flintstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, a guy G and I work with Jonathan Peterlin from 92.3 The Fan. He, uh, he's bo- good. He went to college on a bowling scholarship. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, there is now. Yeah. 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 High school yeah. bowling is a I big thing now. I can't even spin the ball. I just, I'm a regular. You know who's a great room. bowler is T.L. I believe really? T.O. can roll it. I'm not yeah, a surprise. He's very good. Okay, <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to do final takes. Who's up first? Who wants to start? Bull. Bull? Yeah. I, I got to tell you guys, I got, <laughs> you know, I've been doing a lot of jokes and stuff on this, but I, I'm really, I, I was really feeling very bummed yesterday. You know, obviously, every day in the media, there are stories, terrible stories that, that are so depressing. And I hate to get everybody depressed, but, you know, we all know what happened in Buffalo this weekend with the senseless shooting there and the awful manifesto. And, you know, to, to obviously a lesser degree, but still awful locally, at Lake Catholic High School, there was a kid, and I know Jay did the story on the news yesterday, who was wearing a swastika on his leg during a lacrosse game against Orange, which has a, a lot of Jewish students. And apparently parents were saying things and making anti-Semitic remarks. And I got to say, I think people have gotten way too comfortable doing and saying awful things. And I don't want to make this a political debate. You know, every time one of these things like this happen, with the Buffalo thing specifically, it's like Democrats scream about gun control and Republicans scream about mental health. And the truth is, both sides suck. Um, Whatever the solution is, I don't have the solution. I wish I did. I wish I was some genius that could figure it all out. All I know is... We all have to agree that people dying, getting shot in mass shootings has to end. And however, we we need the smartest minds in this country to figure out a way together. Can we do anything together, put our stupid politics aside and come together and just say, 
this is crazy that there's mass shootings now all the time in this country and that it becomes an afterthought. And, and again, to bring it back locally with the late Catholic thing, they need to do something immediately. This kid uh, must be sus- kicked off the team and he should be suspended from school. This is how these things escalate because we, we put up and make excuses for people who are showing intolerant behavior. It's ridiculous. And I know in a way you think, well, the late Catholic thing and the Buffalo thing is two different things. But I think the late Catholic thing ends up leading to things like the Buffalo situation where people were senselessly killed. When we start being okay with people wearing swastikas or saying racist or, or anti-Semitic or homophobic things, then it, ends, it builds up. So can we for once come together? Can we get the smartest people in this country to figure out some way to stop these things from happening because it's to the point now where it's white noise and it shouldn't be. Yeah, from your lips to God's ears, I, I, you'd think we'd be able to figure it out. Yeah. G? Man, I was on the car this morning. I was dropping my wife off to work. And um, as I sit and listen to um, one of the local radio shows that I listen to, they happened to have a, a school administrator on. And he talked about the reasoning behind the the runaway no vote uh, for NIL in Ohio. Now, there's a lot of things that you can tell me uh, as an administrator. There's a lot of things that you can tell me about why it doesn't work and why you're trying to protect people and and how that's what you need to do. But I'm here to tell everybody. I need to remind people that we are guests in the in the 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 arena of, of athletics for far too long. People like me. I used to be a former athlete. I get paid to tell an opinion about people playing the sport. Administrators in schools, athletic directors, you make a living, you feed your family from what people do on a field. For far too long, we've talked about, well, it's the children. I, I'm in it for the, I'm in it for, to teach young men and to, and then have them, no, no, listen. For far too long, you've been in it to hold young men back. At the end of the day, your job, is to do what you came to do, and that's to further the lives and, and, and better the lives of student athletes. We all get paid off the game. <coughs> we need to stop pretending that it's I'm in this game because I want to see kids do well. If the high school coach is making eighty thousand, the athletic director is making a hundred, then you go up and, and everybody else is making millions of dollars. At the end of the day, your job as a guest in this game is to further the lives of student athletes. And if that means putting money in their pockets so that they can eat during a pandemic, when guess what? School isn't in, that's what you should allow. Your job is not to sit back and think about all the ways things can go right. Your job is to come up with rules to make it right, not wrong. And at the end of the day, remember what you're here for and we'll remember what you're here as. You are a guest. You don't play. You don't score any baskets. We all earn a living off the backs of athletes, and we need to respect that as guests. Mm. I like that. Yeah, it was controversial. I think a lot of people thought it was going to pass. Yeah, I thought I, I kind of thought so, too. It's going to go to the courts where all the legal experts tell me it will be passed. Right. Um, I think the reason it didn't, from talking to a lot of folks yesterday on this, there's no infrastructure. And deals would have been able to have been cut today, and all 817 uh, OHSAA schools would have had to have 
a compliance officer on staff for the NIL. And that's why I think they sabotaged it. Well, they sabotaged it by putting that language in it. Yes, yes. These schools are looking around going, we don't even know what NIL is. Right. Many of our schools don't even have athletic directors. And you want us to now have an NIL officer? We ain't ready for that yet. So it's coming. May have been ahead of its time, but Ohio is the first state that voted it down. Mm. Of the nine that have it, they were all passed through on the first try. All right, Ty. So one thing that grinds my gears is that, you know, I talk to these kids nowadays and, you know, I ask them, you know, what do you want to do in life? You know, a lot of them tell me, you know, I want to play professional football, professional basketball. Well, some of the things that go into it is work. And, and the problem today with this, with this generation that's coming up is that they want to receive the maximum reward, but they only want to put the minimum requirements into it. And I have a problem with that. I mean, the reason that I even made it to Ohio State is because I had to get up at 6 a.m. every day in high school and go work out. It was times where everybody was out having fun, and I went and started doing drills because it was that important to me. That, that allowed me to, and just gave me a chance to make it at Ohio State. And once I got there, you know what happened? I got complacent. I thought I, have, I, thought I arrived. I stopped working. I, that's why I ended up reassuring. That's truthfully what it is. I realized that this is not the, the legacy that I want to leave at Ohio State. So what did I do? I went back to doing the things that worked for me. I started working out again, extra workouts. After spring ball practice, I go back in the weight room with the strength coaches and we do another workout. And you know what? I earned my spot. That led me get to reach my dream of getting to the NFL, where I only was there for four years. But I tell you right now, every single day, I put that work in every single day. I stayed out of after practice with some of the best, the Richard Shermans, the Cam Chancellors. You know, those guys really looked after me and, and really helped develop my game. It's things like that. It's so many sacrifices that you have to make just to even get a chance to be there. And some of y'all kids think that y'all just going to get there off of just my pure talent. You think my talent is just going to get me there. And that's not true. You have to develop some type of work ethic. It might get you through the door, but it's not going to keep you there. And I'm here to tell you, Success only comes before work inside the dictionary. Well, well that's, that is really well said. I, you know, I call the generation of today the Kardashian kids. <laughs> I think now, the- now, you know why I do that? And, and, and Brianna's laughing. You know why I call them Kardashian kids? Because they all want to be famous. Yeah, for being famous, right? For being who they are. Yeah, right, right. And it doesn't work that way. And this generation, more than any before it, we've watched the Kardashians grow older and have all of these wealth items and and flaunt their lives on social media and everybody wants that but nobody wants to do the work the work i think to his point like i've tried to teach my son you are special to me and your family and we love you and we think you're special but the world doesn't care the world you got to earn that for other people we're going to love you unconditionally because we're your family and we want you to feel special around us because you are but you got to realize that not everybody, a lot of kids today think they're special. The real world's tough. You're man. special yeah, to is. your family. It is. But ain't nobody checking for you. And by the way, you should never say you only played in the NFL for four years. Because first of all, the average NFL career is shorter than four years. First of all, the, the 99.5% of the human beings don't <laughs> yeah. even know what it's like to have a chance to play in the NFL. Exactly. It's true. So, so you never disparage that. that. Yeah, I, 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 I can I be a wise thing. guy with like, this guy's a scrub and stuff. But like when it really matters, <laughs> it, it, 
Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't really mean nobody that, gets you know, there comparison. by accident. No. Ever playing in four years in the NFL is a great accomplishment. You shouldn't downplay that. Yeah, at all. don't. I don't right. appreciate don't. Sure. because it's a it's a real thing. Yeah. All right, uh, I've got a solution, guys. You know, I, I always like to bring solutions when there are problems. There's a problem in Major League Baseball, and it's sign stealing. Now I know you're thinking, no, we've cleaned up the game. <laughs> the Astros were punished, kind of. Slide the down. Yankees got a slap. A lot of teams were doing it. And we'd like to think that now they're no longer using electronic devices. But I saw something in a game last night that was absolutely brilliant, but it shows me that the problem is still there. So let me set the stage for you. The Dodgers had a two-run lead in the ninth inning, and there was a runner on second base. And Craig Kimbrell comes to the set, and as a pitcher, you always glance back to the runner at second base. Well, he saw what I've seen a million times. He saw the guy on second flashing the sign to the hitter. He had picked up what their sequence was. If it was the third sign, it's going to be that pit, whatever. And he was flashing the sign to the hitter. Now, Kimbrell's sitting there saying, I can only screw up here if I give up a two-run homer. The guy is on second. He can see the sign from my catcher. So he did one of the smartest things I've ever seen a baseball player do. He was on the rubber and he dropped the baseball, which everybody knows is an instant balk. And what does a balk mean? It means the runner on second gets a base. He has to go to third. Now, the runner at third can't see what the catcher is signing to the pitcher. He can't see his sign. If he flashes a sign, there's a good chance that the hitter knows what's coming. When big league hitters know what's coming, their averages go up 200 points. It's a lot easier to hit what you know is coming. Kimbrell didn't want to give up a two-run homer to have the game tied, but he's willing to let that guy score. He means nothing. It's a two-run game. In fact, that runner ended up scoring on an infield hit, but the Dodgers held the game and won 9-8. to eight. His strategy worked. Teams are still stealing signs in baseball, and they're going to continue to try stealing signs forever. It's part of the game, and you can do it without electronics. It's on the team that's throwing the signs to hide them. Here's my solution. Why don't we have communication devices between the catcher and the pitcher on what the pitch is going to be? Catcher's down here throwing all kinds of signs, all kinds of codes. Pitcher has to decipher it. It slows the game down. Most teams will have a pitching coach that flashed the sign into the catcher. The catcher flashes it to the pitcher. A lot of teams have the catcher call the game. But if you have a pitching coach in the dugout with a microphone, and the catcher and the pitcher each have a, a, a hearing device in one ear. All the pitching coach has to do is slider. Catcher knows what's coming. Pitcher knows what's coming. He throws it. Now, guys that know baseball will say, well, the shortstop, second baseman, and the outfielders like to know what's coming because if it's a fastball, they might play for the hitter to go the other way. If you want to go that deep, the shortstop can wear a device, and the shortstop can communicate to the outfield and the second baseman the way they have for years. Closed glove, open mouth, they hide the sign. Only the second baseman can see it. They do that on the game today whenever there's whenever there's a situation where they want to let everybody else know what the catcher is calling. They use them in the NFL. They have listening devices in the NFL. The communications department of the NFL jam the signals so they can never be intercepted. It would speed up the game, and it would clean up the game, and I think we need that right now in baseball. I think they did start using a device that's not a speaker this year for some teams. College. 
I thought they were doing it in the majors. If they are, I haven't heard about it. College started yeah. it yeah. a couple of years ago. They were going to tinker around with the they idea. They should, though. You're right. I have no idea. idea why they don't use it. Yeah. The games right now, if you watch. Now, granted, the pitcher still decides what he wants to throw. If he's uncomfortable with a sign that's that with the pitch that's called, he shakes. Yeah. And the catcher drops another sign. Well, if if the pitching coach asks for a fastball and the and the pitcher really wants to throw a four seamer or a changeup, all the pitcher has to do is shake his head. Right. Pitching coach will see it. He'll call in the next pitch. And it speeds everything yeah. up. Uh, and there's less shaking off these days anyway, especially young pitchers. Yeah, most pitchers now call yeah. throw what's called. Yeah. But the veterans that are right. comfortable and that they have they've earned that right, it takes so long you see the pitcher stand there. No. I, I don't I don't <laughs> no. understand why. There's there's four or five things in baseball that, that technology could remedy. Like I don't understand. Strike zone. Strike zone. Well, yeah. I don't need that. If you're uh, called out at first base, did you beat it out or not? You could well, have some pressure. Well, we do pers- use technology yeah, we use, for that. We use it doesn't replay. always work. Yeah. Well, well I, I need them well, to have a sensor well, they in the bag. It takes away from, like, the, the well, game. The sensor in the bag would tell you when the player hit the bag. <laughs> yes. It wouldn't tell you when the ball was in That's the first true. baseman's yes. glove. It, but, again, if the play – again, replay to me was meant to correct the obvious mistake. Dave, if it's a bang-bang it play, I don't care. Move on. But they got a call wrong in the Indians yeah. game that cost them the yes. game a couple of nights yes. ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I, I do want to see an electronic strike zone. I, yeah. think it'd be I do too. Yeah. yeah. Electronic strike zone and just forget this nonsense throwing oh, the signs yes. down. Just an earpiece. <laughs> yeah. Let's Football go. players have them in helmets. Yeah. It works fine for them. It does. Speeds up the game. All right. That's it. We're out of time. What's the best thing on tomorrow's show? Aditi's in Aditi studio. in studio for two hours. Aditi. Ah. Kinkabwala. Did I nail that? You got it. Kinkabwala. Yeah. Who was formerly with the NFL Network. She's covered the AFC North and the Steelers for years. She's in Cleveland. She's going to stop by the studio and join us. We can't wait for that. We're going to have a conversation with Kevin Stefanski and Leroy Horde, the former great Browns running back from the 90s. He's a wonderful guy. He does a real successful radio show in, in South Florida. He's going to join the program. And have we confirmed him as a regular or is this a one off? I know he's tomorrow. We're, we're not sure about the regular yet, okay. but he is here tomorrow. Okay. I, I hope he's a regular because you guys are going to like him. Yeah. He's funny and he is raw. If he thinks it, he right. says it. So tomorrow's show <laughs> is going to be a good one. Thanks for watching today. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show.